0: If you do that, you're not constantly in touch with it. And I'm constantly in touch with my picture, looking for all those tiny little things. Every time you look at the reference picture, you look back at it, you see something slightly different.
1: Welcome to episode ninety-three of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome, everyone, to another episode this week. How's it going, Dad?
0: Uh, I'm great, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to my couple of days away.
1: That's right. You're going to be uh, well by the time this podcast airs. You would have been away for a few days, had a little break.
0: I'll be on my way back by then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. On Friday. Yeah, I may just wait for a few days. It's it's nice to get away just for a break every now and again. In fact, I'm not going with Eileen this time, I'm going with uh, a friend, an old friend of mine. Um, He also um, lost his brother a little while ago, and uh, he's been a little bit lost since then. So I said to him, right, we're off. So we're off down to the coast, the south coast. Whereabouts? A few days. Well, it's down to Brighton. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we're going to do a little bit of uh, sightseeing in Brighton. And uh, Hove and Worthing and Eastbourne—they're our sort of main points. Are called cool. nice. But we we'll have a lot, a lot of chat, a lot of uh, you know catching up because we're very old friends. We were friends at school, believe it or not, and that was a long time ago, Steve. <laughs> and we've stayed friends and stayed in touch all these years. So it's nice to have that.
1: Good. Oh, well, yeah, and it's good to have a good to have a little break, isn't it? I mean, you're—it's—it's it's fairly. People know it's fairly non-stop for us we work all hours of the day <laughs> yes
0: yes i wouldn't have it any other way though i've got to say i don't want anybody to think out there that uh, i i find this a bit tedious or boring because i don't i can't wait to uh, do the artwork well, you would think you know after all the many thousands of hours that i've done now you know in, in with pastel pencil work i'd get fed up with it but i don't i think it's because we our subject material is so sort of endless and uh, this week, I've done, um, as you know, the portrait. I think we're going to talk about that a bit later on. And um, that that uh, was a real challenge, but a real great thing to do. I thoroughly enjoyed it. People are going to love when they see it; they're going to love it.
1: Yeah. Last week, we we spoke about the the portrait of the the man that you were doing, and the fact that I could <laughs> uh, the fact that I could recognise who it was yeah, instantly. And you finished that picture, now, haven't you?
0: I have, yes, and, and uh, it, it came out, well, when, I, when I first started it, I kind of wanted it to be something like the girl that I did, you know, the, um, uh, the, the like a mini project, but in fact it's turned out now to be a, a major project, and what I did, when I finished it, although it's quite small and it will appear quite small on the screen, I felt that it would look better if it was larger, because although I can do very tiny work, I mean, i used to doing miniature work I felt that it could be a, a larger picture so I've upgraded it now Steve instead of a mini project it's a major project
1: <laughs> there you go oh people are going to enjoy that as well it's coming out brilliantly I mean all I saw last time was the eyes but then you sent me the full picture
0: yes well I could, could have cocked up the nose and then it would have looked like um, the incredible Hulk bloke I can't remember his name <laughs> oh. do or something Oh. But uh, so he didn't. Lou uh, Ferrigno. I, I did not crowd. Is it Lou Ferrigno? Something like that, Lou Steve. Lou I, Ferrigno. It's a funny old name, but uh, he's yeah. got a peculiar nose. It could have been like that, couldn't it? <laughs> and I don't think...
1: <laughs> Nothing <laughs> against I Lou really Ferrigno, know, obviously. Nobody
0: will ever see it, Steve.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so let's uh crack on with your questions and feedback. Uh, first one here is from Dave. Hello, Colin. I was at my local art club last week and noticed a member creating a pastel background using an approximate four inch piece of sponge like plastic, usually used for lagging uh, small pipes. Have you tried it? And if so, what do you think?
0: Um, the, The answer to that is no, I haven't. Uh, I wouldn't have even thought about it, but obviously someone has, some enterprising person has. Um, there's a lot of a lot of different things you could use. The background, you can use sponges, although I don't think that not not actually the sponge, the um, more solid type of sponge, which I suppose is probably what this stuff is uh, that Dave's talking about, um, something like that. Um, and you can use that. You can use um, the colour shapers, the larger colour shapers. I wouldn't use a small colour shaper doing a background because it would be uh, too small, you know. But you, what you could do... You could use uh, the a bigger colour shaper. Yeah. The, the, the larger colour shapers, I've, I've used one before. If you remember the flowers, I used a colour shaper on that. But usually that's when you'd want an effect in the background. And um, From all I know, that's what Dave was looking at this chap or person was doing but i think the, the finger is by far and away the best do you think
1: do you think um dave's talking about the person using it to apply pastel to the background could because i know that the pan pastels use a sponge like mm. type device right. um but it's a very um it's a oily isn't it like an oily pastel because it's got kind of, a yeah, yeah it's not so much
0: mm. yes that's right it it is yes it, it it's um well, well I think it's still pastel but obviously it it comes in a little tray so it, it kind of would be less dusty wouldn't it than the uh, the pastel if it was just pastel dust um possible you you could be right there i don't know but i as i said i would Always use the finger as being our fingers to, to, to rub it in because you get a better pressure. The problem that's one of the problems you have when you're using um, when you're using color shaper. It's okay because you can put pressure on that. But when you're using a sponge, you, you can't put the pressure on it. Don't rub into the paper as well. The finger is is, is give you uh, much more key, and that's important with me. But I, people can try different things, and I. I've got no objection to that. I think it's great that people experiment. But as far as I'm concerned, and the question was, would you use it or do you use it? And the answer is no, and I wouldn't. I don't
1: know. I know we mentioned pan pastels a while ago. I don't know if we've already talked about this. But what was your your experience of using pan pastels for a
0: background? I. I've got no objection at all.
1: No, but um, what's your experience seen... using it? Cause you've, you've tried pan pastels. I don't know if we've already talked about this, but I thought yeah, I as we we're on that subject, I thought we could talk about when you use them.
0: You know, one of the problems you've got when you're doing artwork is you get into habits and I got into a habit and for 30 years I've been doing it a certain way. Um, when Panca Pastel came out, I thought, oh, maybe this is something different. I did actually try that on spare paper. I didn't do it on a, on a proper project. And I found I didn't like the feel. I didn't like the effects that I was getting. Someone else would come along, fresh to it, and they would do a great job. The demonstrations I've seen uh, on YouTube of people using Pan Pastels, they apply with the sponges, they apply it really well. It goes on well. It's a little bit abstractified where I'm kind of like more realistic and the pictures I saw were all abstracty, you know, if such a word as that. But, you know, they, they didn't have that kind of um, realistic touch that we have. But um, in backgrounds, I tend to be that way anyway. I tend to be more uh, loose in my work. Yes. But it's old habits and I wouldn't – so I'm not really the best person to judge that i've seen people use them um i'm sure the effect of them being used by our students i've had some pictures sent to me where they've used them and it's been successful Who am i to say
1: right interesting i'm just curious just throwing it out there um because if anyone out there has got any experience of using pan pastels let us know right into us because i'd be just interested to revisit that and see because we've got Maybe more listeners than we had when we last talked about it. Um, what people's experiences are of using them, mm. or, or if anyone's used a, this kind of device that Dave's talking about.
0: Mm. D- don't don't be put off for trying something like that. I, I would, although I'm not going to do it, and there's no reason why I should do it um, because it all whatever I do works for me. But if somebody else does it, then I think it's a great idea, and we'll put it on the. Uh, um, in, uh, facebook or uh, website or whatever if somebody does do that we can explain what they've done yeah
1: okay thanks dave that's a good question uh the next one last week we spoke about uh rennie's ball mastiff dog oh yes, yes. and uh the blog is uh, by the time this podcast goes out it will be on uh the the feedback will be on the blog uh rennie's replied reply back to you saying thank you for your feedback and it's the little things that make a big difference I think I need to put the photo and the painting together on a page like you do. Then it's even easier to see where improvements can be made. What's she referring to there? Is she talking about um, just comparing them side by side?
0: Yeah, I think what I always do, and although you don't see it on the video, my reference photo- photograph or photographs, most of the time it's more than one, are very, very close to the picture. You don't see that you see the picture but I'm as close as I can get if I was doing it on my own without the videoing side and I wouldn't I would have that picture as close actually on very often on the picture itself as close as I can get now the reason I do that is I constantly flick from reference picture to um, the painting that I'm doing constantly now when I used to have my art class, most of the people who were doing it didn't look at their reference picture, and I keep having to remind them to do that. They'd, they'd have it to one side or off to, or propped up, uh, which is the worst position, propped up in front of them, and they never looked. They looked every now and again. Oh, I can see, yes, I've got to do that right. And then they spent five minutes doing it. Now, if you do that, you're not constantly in touch with it. And I'm constantly in touch with my picture, looking for all those tiny little things. Every time you look at the reference picture, you look back at it, you see something slightly different. And then you look at your picture again and you see, ah, wait a minute, I haven't got this quite right, go back. So I'm backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. When I'm dealing with very uh, important uh, fine detail. Now when I'm when it's more when it's backgrounds or when it's looser like hair for instance could be one of those examples when i'm doing the hair i wouldn't look at it quite so much because then i'm concentrating on creating the effect on the paper okay so i look at look at the picture see what kind of effect i'm going to use then i create that effect on the paper so I wouldn't be using it so therefore the picture doesn't have to be quite so close or I certainly don't have to look at it as much but if I was doing an eye for instance I suppose I would look at the reference picture a hundred times during that process of doing the eyes because I need to have constant in my mind mind's eye I need to have that image to do it now what Renny's referring to is, I think, that kind of thing. She needs to keep the reference picture close to her. Uh, And I totally agree with that. Because you can lose touch Mm. with with the picture. And very often, too, Steve, and this is quite an important point, too, and I do mention this when I do The Man, when you are looking at your picture and you start your picture and you turn away from it and you carry on, you can miss something quite important you, and then you think, okay I've done that, now I want to do another section, and you look at the other section and you've missed a bit you've missed something for instance, I'll tell people this now, although you'll never see this on the original because your editing is going to be so good, Stephen when I finished the eye, I, I was mentioning something, when I was doing the I I was mentioning the under the eyelid, I said now I sit on the video. I now had to put, or I'm going to have to put, the eyelashes in here. So I need to do it like this, and I explain what I do. And do you know what? I forgot to do the eyelashes. I actually forgot to do them completely. Now I fell into the same trap there. You could say, well, Colin, you've got an excuse for doing that because you're videoing it and you're thinking of other things, which I was. But I actually missed putting those on. It wasn't until I finished the picture and signed off on the picture, I looked back on it and thought, oh, blow. I was going to say something else there. You'd have been an editing job there for TV. (laughs) And I said, oh, blow, I forgot to put the eyelashes in to refilm that bit afterwards. So you've got ah, a little bit of a job there, mate. It goes to that. There. <laughs> but it goes in okay. I mean, I, I I close up and I actually put the little... It's only a little underneath. That's the kind of thing that I'm referring to that you can miss. And you could... I mean, I I saw it because I looked back on the picture. But that's the sort of thing you could miss. Yeah. And it could be on the wall or in someone's house hanging on the wall and you go and visit and say, oh, uh, I've done your picture, it's on the wall, and you know, I've had it all framed up and you look at it all. Blimey, I didn't put the eyelashes in, you know. Yeah. So these are things that uh, would be stopped if you followed, uh, you know, my advice there, and Rennie followed her advice. Quite important. Good advice,
1: really good advice. Um, I'm glad I mentioned that. Actually, that's. I'm a... glad you did too. <laughs> that's, <a laughs> that's really taken up all the podcast, not That's it. Right, we'll sign off there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, only joking. That's good. That's really good. So the next one is from another Dave. And Dave sent us uh, his picture of the pewter drug. And he's just said, what a great project this was. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And Dave's done a really good job. This is another really good picture of the pewter um, of Every one of your students is nailing that effect on the jug.
0: Isn't that wonderful? Do you know that's really, really hard, Stephen? I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking about it, the pewter drug. I thought... To, is this too hard for people to do? Should I do it? Well, there you go. Proof of the pudding.
1: Yeah, really nailing that. That's and the reflections and everything is uh, it's really good. And you can see where Dave's used sharp pencils as well, and that's mm. that really shows. I think that really shows up more than you think.
0: Absolutely fantastic. I, I I'm so impressed, Stephen, with the, uh, the the efforts. People are loving doing them all, aren't they? And all of these different projects uh, that we bring in, we've got some great ones coming up as well, different ones, different something you've never done before will be coming up in the next few months. Uh, fantastic.
1: Great. So thanks, Dave. Uh, and if anyone else has done that strawberry, uh, strawberries and pewter jug picture, then send that through to us. Uh, The last one we've got here has come from YouTube and it's from their YouTube uh, username is MKF 30. And this is in response to your uh, video starting out with pastel pencils. Hello. Great video. I enjoy sculpting oil painting and drawing from time to time. I mostly sculpt and paint. However, recently got into oil pastels and was wondering which brand of pastel pencils you are using here. Now we all know everyone out there will know that's Faber Castell. Um, uh, but they go on to say, I've read uh, that Karen, Karen Dash, Karen Dash, that's right. Stabilo and Faber-Castell's are the best. I want a good, softer pencil that blends well. Uh, thank you. Your voice is also very soothing and calming. Great for ASMR, which they've put those, autonomous sensory meridian
0: response. That's a new one on me, though. I one. don't know what that is, <laughs> but uh but I'm really pleased that it is. <laughs> and and uh, it, it's lovely that, uh, you know, people it, it come up with different things. You know, you, I, I, I don't know, I, my voice is my voice. And when I'm doing my artwork particularly, which is what they're mostly hearing, um, I go into a kind of zone, different zone, for want of a better word, and... I think probably my voice lowers and it becomes more calm because I am, because I'm in this zone. And I think that's probably what people, when I hear it back, when I hear, when I play the videos back, I kind of sound slightly different to what I would normally sound like. You know what I mean? You probably find that too. If when you're editing, you think, is that dad? Because there is a slight difference. And I think it's because I'm. Focusing and all my attention on what I'm doing, I think other people would be exactly the same yeah if they if they chatted like I do while they were talk, while they were um, doing something like that, uh, but it's lovely and uh, I think it's good to include things questions like that uh, because they and uh, responses like that because it does show other people that you know that there's more to this uh, than just artwork.
1: Yeah. Well obviously the answer to your question there is uh, that the Faber Castell is is what you're using. Um it's interesting they say that they're sort of looking for a softer pastel. Um I know that the Swans Be ones are a slightly yeah, uh, softer. Yeah, aren't yeah they?
0: they are. They are, yeah. Very slightly, yeah.
1: So it yeah. might might be worth including, I mean you say obviously to people, include all of the the range if you can. Yeah. But what's the point what about
0: Karen Dash? What kind of texture no, are they? They don't have a pastel pencil, Stephen. As far as I know, they don't. I mean, I I, I, I could be wrong, but th- as far as I know, they don't have a pastel pencil. I think
1: they do, and I think do they? I think oh, well, they do, and that, I, I think I the that. reason I know this is because recently on our community, which we talked about uh, last week, uh, that is mm. just just going crazy. Um, someone posted, I think it was Eugene, uh, and I might just mention this actually whilst we were on the podcast. I'll just find it. Uh, Eugene says that, uh, he has been, uh, I won't mention the whole conversation, but they've been talking on the community. And I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning this. Um, they had a, a set of pastel a sample set of pastel pencils, uh, which included the, the pit pastel pencils, Karen dash Conti. I can't pronounce this K-O-H-I-N-O-O-R. No, never heard of that. No. Geoconda, Derwin, Stabilo, Carbithello, uh, same term. Um, I can't, I can't even pronounce that one. Brunziel, Design and Cretacolor. A whole load here. But but the preferred top three out of all of those were Pitt, Pitt Pass Pencil, Cretacolor and Stabilo. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I go along
1: with that. You go along with that too. Um, but the Caran d'Ache uh, are the most expensive, um, but they didn't make it into the top group.
0: Well, that's interesting, Steve. As it shows you, you know, even though I'm a pastel pencil artist, I'm out of touch with, uh, with what goes on. When I first started out, there were only uh, two pastel pencils around, and that was the Conti, which was nearly as old as the Stabilo ones, and the Stabilo. They were the only two. Uh, so now we've got, I don't know, what is it? I
1: haven't heard a lot of those brands. Uh, to it to just shows you know,
0: the popularity of pastel pencils uh, over, those, uh, over the years. And, and we are only been cooking in the last uh, 30 years, aren't we? Yeah. Well, that, it, in fact, it'd be less than that because as far as I know, uh, I'm just trying to think now, when Faber-Castell launched their pit, but I've got a feeling that Derwent might have launched before Pitt, before Faber-Castell, which means it's probably only about 25 years, 26 years. But in all of those pencils, new makes have been uh, manufactured in that time, which is quite amazing, I think, yeah. a pastel pencil. I think it just shows you the popularity of the pastel pencil. But what is interesting is the, um, the Pitt uh, Creticolor and Stabilo, and those are the three that I've always said that were the the ones. I use Stabilo, like them. They crack up a little. That's the only problem with them.
1: Is that because okay. they're softer? It's just a bit well, crumblier.
0: I, I think so. Well, do you remember – I mean, I, I'll reinstate what was said. Uh, when I, I used uh, Stabilo for a long time and I had a few complaints about them, when they man- manufactured the PIP pasta pencil – the person who was instigated them and was, res- was responsible for them being created in the first place, Siegfried Hochstein, used to work for Stabilo and he knew the problems that Stabilo had with their carbotella pencil and he made sure that the pit didn 't have the same problem that 's how they became to be a better product. Right. Um, they, it, Conti tends to scratch a little bit, so they weren't really in the running. color came along after Pitt and after Derwent, and they probably knew how bad Derwent were at breaking up, and produced a good pencil. And they are a good pencil. I still would prefer the Stabilo, if I was being honest, to color So I would put it in bit pastel pencils number one. Stabilo number two and credit card number three. Interesting. And if you pick all of those three pencils and put them all together, the kind of range you've got, as I said last week, is enormous. And they all work together really well.
1: Great. Well, perhaps anyone out there could let us know what their their thoughts are as well on that, what their rankings are, and what they prefer to use. And uh, if the, if you've used any of these other brands, I can't pronounce the names. I don't know how you pronounce uh, them. Uh, uh, but it really would be interesting to let us know if you've uh, what other brands you've used out there.
0: I agree. I agree. that has been a very good subject to talk about, too, Stephen. Hmm. Good. Okay. Well, thank
1: you, everyone, to your questions this week. If you've got a question for the show, you can uh, write into us. Go to colinbradleyart.co.uk and click the contact page at the top. And uh, by this time, by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, members will have uh, had the wine glass tutorial, which is uh, going to be uh, – well, I'll be putting up this week, but it will be there by the time you're listening to this. So uh, do give that a go and send us your pictures uh, when you've completed that, and let us know how you
0: got on. That's a bit like the pewter jug, you know, it, it, in terms of um, did something different. Yeah. As glass, you know, when you put glass. Uh, and I think I would urge people to do that, as I'd urge them to do a pewter jug, do it anyway. Even though it's hard, do it, because there's a whole new range of techniques in that. Yeah.
1: And did I mention... Did I mention last week that I was going to tell you what the the animal was?
0: You did. You you, you did, but you didn't.
1: I I said there was going to be an animal, but I didn't say what it was. The animal Uh, for the Christmas card, drum roll, please. No. (laughs)
0: uh, uh, Hold on. (laughs) Is going to be a squirrel. Wow that's a surprise for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a red squirrel. Now, if you were at the Patchings Art Festival, if you came along to uh, where you were demonstrating, Dad, uh, then people would have seen this squirrel because it was completed way back then um, as uh, as our Christmas project.
0: And that's right. Oh, it was. Yes, it's quite a long time ago now. And uh, But I, I wanted to get it in early because I wasn't sure when you were going to release it. But obviously, this is a good time to do so, in time for Christmas. It's a good, good picture too, different to what we've done before.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really cute picture as well. So uh, we'll be putting that picture on Facebook and expect that in the next week or two. Yes, and
0: uh, do use it for your Christmas cards. It, it'd be something different for Christmas cards too. Normally, you get robins, don't you? And, but you don't get you often get squirrels. Yeah, squirrels. Yeah. They would make a nice different. Animal Christmas card that. Yeah. a, a reindeer, that sort of thing. Yeah. You're getting your Christmas cards, don't you? But you don't you don't do um squirrels often.
1: A squirrel in the snow. Yep. Yeah. So that's coming e- up. E- eating is nut. Eating is nut. Very happy <laughs> and content. <laughs> okay, great. Alright, so we'll leave it there this week. We'll be back next week with more of your pastel pencil tips and feedback and questions. And uh, we'll see you all then. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley.
0: And I'm Colin Bradley.
1: Enjoy Enjoy your your week. week.